Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to Jazz Is Travel. Something's got a hold on me, yeah. Oh, it must be love. Something's got a hold on me right now. Oh, it must be love. I've got a feeling I feel so strange. I've changed step by step. I got a brand new walk. I even sound sweeter when I talk. I said, Oh, 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 I said, Baby, oh, it must be love. Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here welcoming you to a new episode of Jazz is Travel. This is a podcast series that explores jazz and creative music in all four corners of the globe, touching on cross-cultural projects, different music traditions, and much more through conversations with or about groundbreaking, innovative, and visionary artists. And our guests today are vocalist Paloma Dinelli Chesky and her illustrious musician father, David Chesky. They join us to talk about their latest projects. Earlier this year, Paloma released Soul on Soul, which finds her reinterpreting some of her favorite soul music classics, and at 14 years of age, showcases a voice that is way beyond her years. David also has a fascinating project, scheduled to be released soon, which finds him reimagining the works of some of the great European classical composers of the past in the key of jazz. And throughout this podcast conversation, we will also talk about his new amazing project, the Audiophile Society, a new club for audiophiles who want to listen better and have fun doing it. Lots to talk about, so let's get to it. Fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air, and welcome to Jazz's Travel. Paloma and David, welcome to Jazz's Travel. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, well, I'm happy to connect with you guys. I'm in the west of Ireland right now. Uh, would you guys like to share your current locations with our listeners? I'm currently in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I'm in New York City. All right. So how great is it that we're all three of us in different locations in the world, but still able to connect through the power of the internet? And uh, now my only wish is actually that someone would come up with an alternative to Zoom that is actually viable and better. <laughs> but for now, let's just use what we've got. And uh, yeah, it's certainly a pleasure to have you guys. But I'd love to begin with a bit of an icebreaker uh, breaker question, uh, Paloma, and ask you, what's it like to be uh, the daughter of an audiophile? Um, for me, it's really, it's really lovely and it's really fun because... I always get to try all the different sound systems and my music is always, whenever I'm listening at home, it's always the best quality and it sounds really nice. But then there's also the perks when I'm not listening with him, the music doesn't always sound as clear. But yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's really fun. I like it a lot. 
Yes, of course. The, and, you know, the reason why I did bring up the word audiophile right from the get-go, uh, David, is that, you know, being an audiophile is no joke to you, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, this is what kind of prompted you to essentially start a de facto uh, audiophile society, uh, which is something that I really wanted to ask you about. Uh, can you tell us a bit about it? Well, yeah, it's a, something I wanted to do for a long time. I've been experimenting with three-dimensional recordings. So when you play these back on a good system and you're sitting in the proper position, it sounds like the band is in your room. It's it's really big. The, the sound comes from beyond the speakers. You should have height and depth. So we want to create the illusion that, that they're right there in the room with you. And we also do the same thing for headphones instead of the we mix it twice. We mix it for headphones. So instead of the sound coming from in your head, you feel like you're in a club. So if you hear Paloma's record, I mixed it on the headphones that you're like in the best table in a jazz club right there in front of the soul band. Now, this to me sounds amazing. And of course, we will be talking about this specific album as well. But it kind of goes back to something that I've been aware of because, you know, I would be one of those people that uh, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, you know, there's uh, a positive and a negative side, but I stream a lot of my music, but I am aware that the sound, you know, that I'm hearing as I'm listening to the music on these streaming platforms, it's not ideal, right? No. Well, the thing is, we, all of our music's on streaming at CD quality, but if you really want to experience what audio can do, I suggest you come to the site and download uh, the high resolution files. And we also do, we don't uh, put the headphone mixes on streaming. So if you want the special headphone mixes that you have to download from us, because we can't put them both on streaming. So streaming, we put the regular speakers on. One of the records that have been mixed the audio file society way, Paloma, is your recently released album, Soul on Soul. Uh, can you maybe introduce it a little bit to our listeners? Well, Soul on Soul is my take on all of my favorite standards and classics. And I think it's something really lovely for this generation to reintroduce all of those tunes and this style of music. And it's really my take on it. Um, it has the most clear sound to it which i think is really nice when listening to that style especially yeah so uh when you talk about a soul and blues you know i don't know many people who don't like these types of music you know uh and oh, it's possible that we all most of us also sing it uh, you know soul and blues songs in the comfort of our own homes uh but to kind of record make a record uh, i mean some of these these songs in particular they they can be emotionally demanding, right? So did you find yeah, it challenging yeah. to connect with, with, with some of these songs? Well, you know, my thing is I've always been surrounded by this style of music, especially with my father being an audiophile and um, always listening and playing this music. So for me, it's always been kind of second nature. And really when my thing with singing is, I always love connecting and I think that's one of the easiest and most fun part about the music is that's kind of how you get your own take and your own way of introducing it with your emotion and how you um, produce that vocally. Right. And I, and I also uh, think that, you know, going back to maybe how we're hearing music, uh, what I really appreciated about your album, Paloma, is that 
it's one of those records where you hear the sound of a human voice, which seems kind of crazy to bring up, but it's almost like, you know, especially the music that is played on the FM uh, side of the dial, that the sound of a legitimate human voice is, voice is sort of disappearing. We hear a lot of effects and we don't hear the vulnerability of uh, the humanity that can be expressed through the human voice. Do you find that to be the case? I agree. I mean, I think music has come a long way, but I think, you know, with all the new electronics, which, you know, can also be lovely, I think we we aren't really used to hearing what we used to hear with the voice and how the voice is and how it can, you know, produce all these sounds, but also the rawness and, you know, beautiful rawness that comes with the voice I think it can be lost sometimes but I really want to bring that back yes it sounds like a, a, a quite a statement uh, but David do you agree with kind of what, I, what I've said I mean there's there's a certain trend where maybe a little bit of uh, vulnerability and humanity is is being lost yeah you know you're absolutely right because now with all the auto-tune i don't know who's singing what i mean it sounds like robots and things like that you know what i wanted to do with this first of all paloma when she did the record was 14 years old and she sang with me at jazz and lincoln center with my band this is where i got the idea but she really sounds like she's in her 30s or 40s she's got a really deep voice not only is she's not even a mezzo she's a contra alto she's really as a low voice goes down to a low e and you know what? It's this big, uh, burnished type voice. And I wanted to really capture it. I used a special ribbon mic with a tube mic preamp. And the idea was, uh, back in the thirties, if you listen to the voices on these records, they sounded super real. So I wanted to recreate this with this ribbon and microphone and tube mic preamp. So when you hear Paloma, it's like she's right in your room. It, you know what it's like? It's like seeing somebody, a black and white photo without all the airbrushing. You know, you hear every little nuance of her voice, every little breath, and that's kind of what we're about. You know, we want to be the antithesis of what's going on. Look, you know, if you want to go into the studio and make 24-track records and process them and, and compress them and EQ them, that's totally cool. It's like going to a restaurant. Our version is like an organic restaurant. We want it to be as pure and natural as we can get. And, and that's kind of the sound I've always had my whole life and what I want to continue with this new label, but in three-dimensional sound. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, I also should say that, you know, it's totally cool to do it the other way and it can be done super well. But really, it's more that there's maybe too much of one thing and not enough of the other that we're getting right now. So that's another reason why uh, what's happening with the Audiophile Society is so great, you know. Paloma, though, I am curious, uh, just uh, returning to connecting with this type of music, but but also your own personal history uh, because uh, you are currently speaking uh, from Brazil which is a country that I've never in my life visited but it has put out some of my favorite all-time music and I think a lot of people's favorite all-time music still I mean just thinking of your background and having these two sides of, of your your culture uh, you know one that comes from the United States and the other one that comes from Brazil do you feel that? Is that somehow expressed in the music that you create? Of course. I mean, for me, I have, you know, very close, 
I'm, I'm very close to both sides. I mean, you know, it's very, I think it's a privilege of mine to be able to visit both places and be in both places. And I think when I'm singing and when I'm with the music, a lot of that is expressed and also performing in both places. I think it's also something that I'm really lucky to do. Um, and especially when performing, you know, the warmth and the culture of Brazil is really, I, I like to um, kind of bring it out. Um, but I, I think it's wonderful that both places and I've always, I've always tried to bring out both and when performing especially. And, you know, my family is from a small region in the Amazon, actually. So for me, I think culture is a huge, huge part, huge part of me. And I, I love trying to bring it out, you know, within my music and whenever I'm performing and any chance I get, really. track you are hearing just now is from the great european songbook coming your way october 7 and finding david chesky transforming classical european standards into a modern jazz trio setting accompanied by billy drummond and peter washington the album was recorded the audiophile society way we talk more about this record in the second part of our jazz is travel podcast conversation coming up right now I don't know if we are allowed to talk about it yet because it will be released in October. But David, you've got an album uh, coming out as well that I wanted to kind of talk about too. The Great European Songbook. Is it cool to, to talk about it? Sure, absolutely. So I love the idea behind this record because essentially you transform classical European standards into a modern jazz trio setting. I mean, that's that's a fascinating concept in itself. Uh, where does this uh, idea come come from to kind of revisit these great works? It came from COVID. You know, I would sit home and I had this series I'm bored out of my mind. I would just get bored. And you know what? I play classical music. I write a lot of symphonies, operas and all that stuff. And you know what? I was just sitting there at the piano saying, you know, this could be fun to keep me occupied. So I started taking Bach and Chopin and doing jazz arrangements. And then I said, you know, maybe I'll just make a record with my band uh you know i have the quintet jazz in the new harmonic which has javon jackson and jeremy pelt in there but i just paired this down to the trio with billy drummond and peter washington and we just went in and we just cut this record and it was just 
you know, for fun. I mean, it, it's crazy. It wasn't something I said, let me work on this. It was just having a great time at home and fiddling around and trying to keep myself occupied. So this is kind of the outcome of it. And I'll tell you something else. This music swings. I mean, a lot of, most of it is Bach. And for some reason, Bach just works fantastic in a jazz setting. It just, I mean, the guy was the first jazz musician ever because back in those days, classical musicians improvised for hours and hours like jazz guys. Today, classical people, they just read what's on the, the sheet music. You take it away, they stop playing. So I think Bach was like jazz musician number one. And so, like I said, the music works, it swings, it's just great. Is this a return to like a love that you, an early love of yours or an earlier love of yours, this kind of revisitation of classical music works? No, no, it's just something I did just like out of uh, boredom. You know, look, I've always done both. You know, I have a career doing jazz. I started off jazz with my big band. Then I used to do a lot of, you know, TV and movie writing. And then I've been for the last forever, I've been writing, you know, symphonic works, you know, operas and ballets and concertos. And uh, this was just, you know, what's very interesting also, I in my symphonic writing, I use a lot of jazz elements. So this is the reverse. Now I'm taking the classical elements and putting them back into the jazz. So it's like kind of full circle. So there are some positives to COVID then. <laughs> well, you know what? Most people, when they're bored, that's when you get your best ideas. You sit there and you're just twiddling your thumbs and you think of things, you know? Both of my albums, my first two albums, re were released during COVID. So I think a lot of, you know, there was a lot of negative, but I think when you're alone and really focusing on, on yourself and all the free time that you have, there's a lot of positive outcome that can go with that as well. So then uh, we've talked about the musical side and the technical side separately, but I'd like to ask kind of both of you, when you kind of get an idea to create an album, do you also think about the technical side of how it's all going to come together in the end as you're working on the music itself? For me, I released you know, I released my album 13 and then I released Soul on Soul. And a lot of it I made, uh, a lot of it I produced myself um, at home. So for me with the technical side, it was really, really down to me and what I wanted um, with the range of songs and how it ordered and played out. And I think the same with Soul on Soul. I think I really wanted you know, the order of songs, what people would like to hear in order and how those songs would play out in that order and range of music and how to get the purest of sound in. David, what about what about you? I mean, does that come into play then when you when you kind of uh, work on a project, you also think well, about how it's all going to come together and be recorded? Well, you know, and first, I, first, I write the music. I get the music done. I sit at the desk and write the music. And then when I start thinking about the album, you bet I am thinking about everything technical and sound there is. And this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to blur the lines. One day, maybe I'll get there, maybe not. Between live and on your hi-fi, I really want to get to the day where if you close your eyes and you have a great hi-fi system, you cannot tell the difference if it's live or recorded. That's what I want to do. And with my new company, we're doing a lot of research on too, when you're in a hall, what are the cues, the out-of-phase things that's, that you sense that you're in a space? You know, we can sense being in a space. 
you know, and what we're doing is studying these things and I'm putting interjecting this back into my recordings. So when you play it, I don't want you to think that it's two boxes and just music against the wall. I want you to feel that while I'm in a space with these people and it sounds great. And you know what? I'll give you a quick analogy. You know, you can watch Star Wars on your iPhone and you can follow the, the, the story, but it's not the same as watching Star Wars in an IMAX movie. It's a different experience. It's the same story, but a totally different experience. And that's what I want to do. The music is always going to be exactly the same. You can enjoy your favorite song on a car AM radio that's bad, but it's not the same experience of having the virtual band right in front of your house live listening to it. It's like, wow, you know? So that's that's my goal. Yeah, and does it also require certain headphones or uh, you know devices that people need to need to hear the music on? No, you don't have to buy another thing. This thing works on your own home stereo system and your own headphones. But the better the headphones and the better your hi-fi gear is, of course, the better it sounds. And it also has to be set up correctly. I mean, if you have your hi-fi set up on top of a TV in a concrete room where it's bouncing everywhere, well, all bets are off. But if you take the time to, for the people in the world that really care about sound that want to set up their hi-fi systems correctly, it's a much better reward. It's it's just really engaging. I cannot tell you when I listen to a lot of my classic records, even on my hi-fi system, it's great. You know, the great thing about audio is this. Look, you know, Oscar Peterson is one of my favorite pianists of all time. If you're Bill Gates, you can't go hear him. It just doesn't exist anymore. So if I want to hear Oscar Peterson, the closer I can get to his records, the better I feel. So if I put his records on a really great hi-fi system, it's sort of like Oscar is never gone. He's still in my living room and I can really enjoy it. And that's the great thing about recorded music. We can preserve all our history. Is You know, it's entertainment, but we preserve our history. And that is the cool thing that Oscar Peterson and Bill Evans in my life, and actually my piano teacher, John Lewis, they exist. Every morning I can put them on a great system and, and they're there with me. Uh, so if I was to go on the, on the website now, the Audiophile Society website, what other music can I find on it? Well, we're just starting out. Uh, let's see. I have a really great uh, vibraphonist pianist, Mark Sherman, we did a record with this new. And I want to do young people, too. This new girl just got out of Juilliard Ayushi. She is a uh, blues guitarist. We also are doing symphonic works. We just did Strauss record with uh, Stephen Mercurio and the uh, Czech National Orchestra. Um, what else are we putting on? We did this wonderful um, crossover, you know, it's world music, Luciana Elizondo in a beautiful church in Cremona, Italy. I have a fusion record there, which is meant to really demonstrate 3D audio. And if you, if you're have, it's called um, uh, graffiti jazz. And if your things are not tied down on your walls, they're going to fall off. It's really that engaging. And uh, what are we working on now? We're going to put out the Rachmaninoff third concerto. We have some, you know, electronic music coming out. We have a, a blues singer coming out. So we're, you know, we're just getting started. We have about seven or eight records. I hope to have 20 by the end of the year. But, you know, we're embarking, like I said, on a new journey for people who want just a little extra in life. You know, like I said, you can hear all the music for free on streaming. But if you want to pay for it and actually help the musicians out, well, then, you know, we're, it's a few dollars, not a lot. Paloma, are you working on anything at the moment that you'd like to share with us? I am. I'm currently working on a new um, 
EP, and I am also orchestrating. I don't know if you know this, but I work a lot with the New York Philharmonic, and I orchestrate um, for them. But I'm also working and finishing editing my two music videos for some songs on my last album. But honestly, um, I'm really excited for my new EP um, that I hope to release hopefully sometime around January. I don't know the exact date. And just working on some sets, but the music video that I did was really exciting because it was shot in the Amazon rainforest where my family's from, but really in the center of the Amazon and that was really a surreal experience and I hope when people watch it they're gonna feel all the emotions surrounding and all the beautiful Amazon it's just lovely that sounds amazing Paloma so you make music you orchestrate you make videos you never have any downtime <laughs> I wouldn't like to no <laughs> All right. Well, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, Thank thanks you. a million for having us. This is awesome. And what you guys are doing is great. It's a great magazine. And uh, I hope, wish you another 250 years more of success with the magazine. Uh, thank you very much. God of glory, Lord of love, hearts and fall like flowers before the open to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sinful sadness, drives the dark of doubt away. Giver of a mortal gladness fills with the light of day. The sound of Paloma Dinelli Chesky and a track from her Soul on Soul record available now. Seeing us off another Jazz Is Travel podcast. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I encourage you to keep an eye out for more upcoming Jazz Is Travel podcasts and visit jazzis.com, our website on all things jazz and creative music, chock full of excellent content of all kinds. Till the next time, this is Matt Micucci signing off. See you soon. Join the happy chorus Which the morning stars begin Father love is reigning over Brother love bonds meant to men